I have this theory that people don't read me because they give a shit necessarily about Laura Jane Williams and who she fell in love with last week or which destination she's traveling to next. Like people don't care about Laura Jane Williams. People care about reading those stories because they're looking for themselves. I'm Dave Buddha and this is Dark in the Page podcast where I interview writers about where their best work comes from. Today's conversation is with Laura Jane Williams, who is officially the first repeat guest we've had on Dark on the Page after 45 episodes. We've had a few other people appear twice, but never in the same guest format. So I'm really excited to have Laura back. Laura is someone I met in Bali, really connected with. She was a huge inspiration for me as a blogger and a writer. Since we last spoke to Laura, she's published an ebook and she signed with a literary agent. So we talk about how she did that and what she learned. And she's also part of this wonderful group of women who give a voice to the experience of women through their writing. And this is actually the third interview in an unintended three-part series that has included Jamie Varon and Emma Gannon, who are also good friends of Laura. Today's episode is sponsored by a podcast I love called Right Now with Sarah Werner, Wright spelled W-R-I-T-E. And I want to tell you about an episode that relates a lot to today's conversation. It's called Fail A Lot, and it's episode 18. You can find it on iTunes, or you can go to sarahwerner.com. Sarah and I decided to sponsor each other's podcasts for a month because we're on the same mission. We love helping artists create more art. I encourage you to check out her show and send her an email. She loves interacting with her listeners. Here's my conversation with Laura Jane Williams. So, Book of Brave is something that you have published uh, since we've spoken last. Yeah. And so, I'm curious because it seems like you put it out fast. Uh, It seemed like it came out very quickly. Like, I was just like, whoa, we didn't even talk about it. And then all of a sudden, you just had this book. Um, yeah. So was it, uh, yeah, was it all new writing? Was it like, did you take some ideas and like expand on them? What'd you do? Um, okay. Um, so to answer that in the several parts that the question came, um, yes, good observation. It did come from nowhere. I wasn't really anticipating um, launching an ebook, but it was born from, um, since I spoke to you last back in April, um, I had all of these adventures. I, I went offline for a little bit as I went to go and train as a yoga teacher and um, in India. And I quit that and came came back to England. I desperately missed my family and it was my birthday. And I just wanted to check in with everybody for a minute. And it seemed like a great time to kind of continue being offline and just live my life rather than tell people about my life. And mm-hmm. when I did finally get back online, I had so many questions from people um, you know, I, I wrote very honestly about how I had fallen in love in India and met this guy and how I'd quit the yoga teacher training. And the same questions were coming up over and over again, that basically uh, the questions were all different, but my answers were seemingly the same. I found myself telling people stories about how I came to be my own best friend and trust myself and know that everything would be okay to the point where I, I thought this has got legs. There's something in this. Uh-huh. Um, I want to, I want to explore this idea. 
Um, I use some of my old thought catalog um, articles as sort of a, a launching off point, which is re a really, really interesting way to put together. Uh, I think the book is like 100 pages. Mm. I didn't have to sit down with this totally blank document. Not only had I got, you know, emails and all the ideas generated from the questions that people were asking me, but to sit down and have one of, you know, 800 words as a, a jumping off point, um, it really let me delve into myself and what I was trying to say in a different way because I'd already gotten over the fear of the blank page that didn't exist anymore. I could just get on with the business of doing the work. Mm -hmm. That was... Um, was like liberate. I had so much fun writing it. Um, so let me ask you about this because this is something that I've uh, struggled with a bit too. Is this idea of like how long does a book need to be? And when you said, "Oh, it's a hundred pages ebook," um, I mean, did you did you go and maybe this was something that your agent helped you with? But like, did you think about this at all? And was it like a was it was it just like I'm just going to write and see what happens? Um, or did you give yourself like a limit or anything? Um, I think it, it was something that I did. I had the full support of my agent, but it was something that we, we did, um, that, I, you know, I did independently. Um, although she was thrilled because obviously it was another thing that we could show to publishing houses that I was capable of doing. And mm -hmm. one of the other reasons I wanted to do an ebook in the end was to say, um, to see, you know, I have all these people that read my stuff. How many are going to pay money for it? So that that was a side experiment of it, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and now I've lost my trail of thought about what the original question was. That okay? So actually, yeah, I want to ask you about that too. So okay. I feel like for myself, um, you know, there's since I'm I haven't published a book. There's always mm -hmm. this like, um, what if I just publish something small to kind of break the book ice? Um, does that, yeah. did that ever come in play too? Because I feel like that's kind of a cool idea of just like, let's just do something. So now I, I yeah. have written a book and then that's off the table. You yeah, know? I think, uh, yeah, I think that the, uh, the, the long game for me is that I've been working on this memoir and everything that I've done has been to kind of feed into making me uh, more ripe for plucking from a publisher's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, definitely. It's something that I, I want to continue with now just because I had so much fun with it being a shorter piece. It's kind of um, it's funny. I just finished reading a book. Um, I'm not going to name it, but it would have been better served as a short ebook over like a full length sort of extend it's it's basically an extended essay that goes into hundreds of pages and that should have been shorter. So yeah. then that brings up the issue of well, how long is a piece of string? You know, who are we to say, you know, if you're going to write a book, it has to be X, Y, Z lens. Why can't it be, this is what I've got to say. I'm going to produce the work and then figure out a way to get it to the masses. You know, we think of it the wrong way around sometimes, I think. I think that's totally true. I mean, there are a lot of books that really, that's, I have the same thought with a lot of stuff like, well, this really could have been like a, a, a long article. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a really nice, like, and, and I think that's what ebooks are maybe uh, offering yeah. is the chance to do that and say, hey, this is a really long article, but it's 50 pages and I'm going to sell it for $2, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. easy, you know. And you, and you can manage people's expectations. I put in all the literature that it was 100 pages. So people knew what they were paying their five pounds for, you know, I, yeah. I think um, it, you know, there is some tricky thing that you think you're getting, you know, a novel length 
manuscript for however much you're paying and then you feel shortchanged. Um, but absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now tell me about the, this literary agent because there's people out there that are curious about that, including me. Um, <laughs> what did... How did that pro for her, first of all, I guess, how did how did you go about finding one uh, maybe and then choosing one? And then what do you feel like you've learned? Like, what do you what do you feel like the benefits have been so far? Oh, God, that's uh, huh. it's a three okay. part question, but I'll remind yeah. you of the parts if you forget. It's, <laughs> it's uh, because the the agent is quite a new thing. I'm, I'm sort of yes, yet to discuss this process. But um, basically, so I, the reason that I've always had the blog is um, to develop my own writing skill, but also to hopefully um, eventually act as sort of a showcase of what I'm capable of. You know, it's my portfolio. It's a way to demonstrate who's following me um I just also happen to absolutely adore it so all of those things work really well together um back in February I actually had the commissioning editor of a really worldwide big uh publishing house reach out to me I had another digital I called it a digital download rather than an ebook just again addressing what we were saying about the length mm -hmm. issue so I called it a digital download so people knew it was shorter um I had one called I'm fat and still get laid which was a collection of just six or seven um articles I'd written about womanhood and stuff I talk you know to talk about with my mates down the pub and mm -hmm. she emailed me and said hey I just tried to download this um digital download but I just I had a problem can you send it to me directly and I had never had anybody email me to say they had had a problem downloading it so the fact that it was this commissioning editor from one of the world's leading publishing houses was like oh yeah oh okay this means i can like engage in dialogue because i was i was weeks away from taking this download off the site it just it was really old it didn't reflect my views anymore my mm -hmm. writing has come such a long way yeah and um so i emailed her back and said hey um i no i'm not gonna send you my <laughs> shitty digital download sorry um but can i send you my proposal so i had already a proposal put together for the memoir um some stuff about me blog stats first three chapters outline for the entire book nice um yeah so i already had that i was just sitting on it terrified that you know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to go out there and, and, and try and find a publisher. And it's something else to, you know, actually go out there and try and find a publisher. So yeah. I had been <laughs> sat on that for about, yeah, like, the fear is real. I am a ballsy lady. But when something means so much to you, you know, I did, I sat on it. Um, so yeah, she saw that. And she told me to get an agent, which then meant I felt a lot more confident going to agents because I could say, well, this big fancy person at a publishing house is already interested. Yeah, nice. Um, but then I decided, um, yes, I could email people or I could do exactly what I've done for everything. Everything good in my life has come from my blog, everything, every mm -hmm. career opportunity, all of it. And, you know, I'd be stupid if I didn't use that. So I wrote a blog post saying, hey, this is a story I'm trying to tell. Um, somebody's already interested. If you think it's really stupid that I'm writing a blog post to advertise for an agent, then you obviously don't understand me in the first place. You know, have a great day. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Mm -hmm. um, that got shared um, on Twitter and my agent Ella reached out. It was five o'clock in the morning, UK time. 
And she said, oh, my God, I've, um, I've got insomnia. I've just read the blog post with the outline. Can you send me your proposal? And that week um, I, I signed to her. Nice. And I'll tell you why I signed to Ella, because I was talking to some others as well. Um, there was a lot of, yeah, 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 darling. Oh, we'll make you a star, super marvelous. <laughs> da, da, da. And that is so terribly seductive. It's really, really seductive to be told how wonderful you are and for somebody to throw around, you know, big names about people who you're exactly like, you yeah. know, and yeah. oh, wow, okay, yeah. And I feel fortunate that I have even just the smallest background in London PR because I was able to sort of pick out the, okay, well, what what is this person actually saying to me versus what is like puffed up PR speak for just, you know, uh, let's not worry too much about the details. Yeah. Um, but Ella was so, so, so down to earth and she, um, she set up her own literary agency at 25 years old wow. um, just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? I, I, we had one chat as, you know, businesswoman to businesswoman. And I got off the phone and I texted her and said, can we talk tomorrow? But can we talk as friends? I want to get like, a, you know, I don't want to worry if I'm going to swear in front of you or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to know your story. Um, and yeah, I came away from that second phone call. I was like, damn, if she trusts herself enough to go out on her own at 25 years old and build up her own literary agency, she co-founded it. Mm -hmm. um, I, then damn, yeah, that's the horse I'm backing. If you yeah. trust yourself, I'll trust you. So that's how mm -hmm. I signed with Ella. And you feel like she didn't overhype it too. Is that kind of what happened? Um, she, because it's a memoir and it's about how I got over a broken heart, essentially... She told me that she had a, her own visceral response to the material that she read, um, mm -hmm. and that was important to me. You can be the fanciest, most well-connected person on the publishing scene, but if you don't emotionally connect with the material, yeah. you know, this is my baby, so I, I, I'll I'll take the person with, you know, fewer years or less experience, but with real emotion over anybody else. Yeah, I remember seeing that on Twitter with you and her, and it felt like you guys were just like, it was like this best friends, just like, like there was so much enthusiasm and emoticons and just just general like oh my god we found each other like we're gonna be so happy it's like it was really beautiful and and i yeah. and i saw that it, and that just felt great it was really cool yeah like and i i absolutely adore ella because she doesn't indulge my insecure crazy writer part like she has an appreciation for the fact that i've given my heart and soul to something and I'm really impatient about hearing back all of that kind of stuff she's wonderful but mm -hmm. also very good at sort of saying let me do my job you did your job of making the beautiful thing now your job is to sit tight while I do my job of, of putting it out there and, and talking to who we need to talk about what do you feel like you've learned as a writer like you know, and in the craft, maybe, um, you know, as you've gone through this process and, and clearly she's going to make your life easier on the business end, but like, what is yes, it? How yeah. have you grown as a writer? Um, I think it, it's that understanding of collaboration. Um, I studied creative writing at university and on our very first day, they said, there's no two ways about it. You have to get used to the fact that 
um, creating any kind of art is a collaborative process, whether that's with an editor or a publishing house or workshopping or whatever, even down to the way that writing is perceived and digested is a collaborative process, you know, that you need a reader to have a writer, you know, um, that's definitely something it's, it's actually been, I feel like I have a teammate now that collaboration, especially like writing the book of brave was something that I, I did on my own and, and sort of went off and, and did that and comparing that process and launching that. And it was just me to working with Ella and developing the manuscripts and getting feedback. And I love feedback. Like mm -hmm. I adore feedback and my best friend and I at university, we both, I think I might've said this before, we both graduated at the top of our respective classes. And that is because we, we called it red penning. Can you red pen this for me? It means, can you give me feedback? Can you mm -hmm. make markings in your red pen? Yeah. Um, we would not return the other's piece of work until that red pen had run out of ink. Like, and we were, harsh to each mm. other um my best friend is Callum McSwiggan he's quite the YouTuber these days uh, quite mm -hmm. the famous YouTuber mm -hmm. and um yeah I would get work back where because we were best friends we were able to talk to each other this way and he would just say like what's this bullshit you can do better than that like mm -hmm. what did you write that on the toilet like what's happening like <laughs> straight up I'm not taking your bullshit you can do better and I never took it personally because i knew he was doing it for the work mm -hmm. and not because of something that i had, had, had done or said or whatever and um with ella it's very much the same thing it's i've developed this manuscript by myself in isolation and you know that's why it was so important to me to find somebody who um who understood the emotion behind it and she treats it very gently, but very fairly and is very constructive. Um, mm -hmm. So I think my biggest lesson is just, wow, the publishing process is collaboration in the extreme because now shopping it to publishing houses and just all of that side of things, I didn't realize just how many people had to approve a manuscript before it could get commissioned. Um, yeah, it's definitely not just my thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even hearing you say that, it really um, reminds me of of how how important editing can be, like from a, mm -hmm. from another party. And I just did this recently with a, a relatively long uh, article that I'm going to be publishing in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And 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 I and I saw how I saw the part of me that that didn't want to do that. And when I got the feedback. Uh, it was in a close friend of mine who also understands the particular subject matter that I'm talking about really well. Okay. You know, okay. she, um, you know, I was like, fuck man, I got to actually put some more work into this now. And, and I saw mm. that, the, I saw that there was a part of me that really didn't want to hear that. And yet the, her feedback was dead on accurate and she was, she was right. And so right. I saw, wow, I would be, uh, I would be a much better writer if I really like submitted my work to that editing process every time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, not only would I come up with better work, but over time that stuff would really accumulate in terms of me just becoming a better writer. And I saw that doing it in isolation is this kind of romantic idea that right. I could just sit and, you know, create some work of art and then publish it without anybody mm -hmm. seeing it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of ridiculous, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, like I say, even down to relying on the collaboration of, you know, a, a, a generous reader, at the other end of it, you know, I, I personally, 
I love it, of course, when people say nice things about my stuff. Um, it, you know, compliments. Uh, give me the compliments. I'll eat the compliments yeah. for breakfast. I adore them. But um, what I what gets me off even more than that is is when I know somebody is truly cast a critical, discerning eye mm-hmm. over what I've produced, and they're able to pick out the particulars and explain why, or they've noted even down to I tell you what's interesting, just a blog post. Um, and the way that sometimes that gets shared on Twitter and the little tweetables or sound bites that people pick out to demonstrate why they enjoyed this particular piece. Mm-hmm. So many times I'm sat at my computer like, ah, oh, out of all of the sentences I labored over. Yeah, right. That, that one? <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Like, okay, fine. You know what else um, I noticed too on Twitter the other day was you had shared something I wrote and it was an article that I titled on breaking up and I think either you put it in a newsletter or on Twitter or something, but you retitled it because my title wasn't very good and you retitled (laughs) it (laughs) something like how to know when it's time to break up with someone. And that was the title that I considered, but I wanted to be more artsy and say on breaking up. And then I saw what you wrote and then I just changed the title. And so I made it, you (laughs) you know, because and that in a way that's like the feedback process. Like, I mean, clearly, (laughs) clearly you like, you know, you had, nothing against my title like if it was good you would have kept it but it was so bad that you decided to like no. to get people to click on it you you wanted people yeah. to click on it right that was the I goal people to click on and it, i yeah, want people so. to click on it too so that made some sense to me and i said oh and i'll try that out and and i ended up changing the title but oh that's um, really interesting to know yeah. oh and i i mean i link to your stuff quite often because i just devour everything i just love the way you think so i devour devour it all mm-hmm. um i don't even remember like there was definitely no conscientious kind of oh, oh you weren't like babes. judging the title i'm sure yeah, yeah it's just you just want people to link sucks. on it yeah. yeah yeah totally yeah but yeah yeah for the clickable yeah yeah, yeah. because that is really the purpose of a title i mean let's face it it's it's to to get people interested to spark their interest i'm and... i'm so terrible at titles though the title for the like the book of brave it, i don't know where that came from but i was really 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 proud of of that as a title mm-hmm. like even the titles on my blog posts i uh-huh, i hate titling stuff just just read it yeah i like jamie varon's titles uh, she's really funny Always. like she's it's just so conversational yeah she's like yo dating can we talk about this question mark all right let's do it <laughs> <laughs> you know or something yeah she's like, the queen great. of titles um so speaking of that and and also i think well to speak to, to the the reason that book of brave works is i think maybe that although you don't feel like you're good at titles i think what you do um well is you you know you have a really clear idea of what you're talking about like you have a clear idea of your mission. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because since I met you, I've met several of your friends, including Jamie and Emma. <laughs> and, and it's been wonderful. And I've had them on the show. And and yeah. so one of the things I asked them, which I want to ask you, is what do you think your mission is? If you as like a collective, if you were like three, like Charlie's Angels, you know, because um, you all share the same, a similar mission. And, and I always feel like you you kind of got it like Emma was Emma like discovered it as we talked about it a little bit, you know, Jamie a little bit, but I feel like you were, you've always been really clear about what this is about. And the word brave is, is a huge buzzword. Mm. And so I think that's maybe why it was easy for you to title the book is because you, you already had keyed in on at yeah. least one of the elements that was not only like resonated with you and how you want to 
be seen, but how people yeah. see you. Yeah. Well, and I think that comes from because I was answering the the same or or giving the same answer to many different questions over and over. So it was kind of honed in my mind. But I I've put a lot of work into trying to establish what it is I'm trying to say because I don't want to be the person who is saying words for the sake of saying words when the market price is already so crowded. Mm-hmm. Um I'd probably have that conversation with myself every single day. Well, what's the point of this? Because if there's not value in it going out into the world, if it's, um, if, I mean, I suppose all art, all writing, everything that I do is an element of narcissism in that I write about myself, but you know, there's so much, I, I could go down a lifestyle blogging route or I could stick with writing more journalistic stuff. And it's been a very conscientious decision to say, I am going to write about me to empower other people to own their narrative. And if money comes from that, then great, but I'm not going to shape what I do in order to pay rent. I I just... We're not all fucking up like we think we are. It has to fit into that remit. And if it doesn't, if there's any danger of making anybody feel bad or less than, I'm not interested. That could that can be a job for another another writer who it suits better. Yeah, I totally get so, that. Uh, and, and so, yeah, thank you for that compliment. I appreciate that, actually. That makes me feel very seen. Yeah. I'll ask you this question because I asked them too, although I do feel like you already kind of are relatively clear on it, but if you were to maybe include Jamie and Emma and maybe a few other bloggers that you know that I might meet Mm -hmm. in the future too, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, what would you say that, what mission are you all on? I mean, I know that when Emma answered that question, she said storytellers were storytellers. Um, And I absolutely think that that, like if you were, if it was like correct. 20 years in advance and you were all like sitting around, let's even like, like 40, 50 years. So you're all like old women and like rocking <laughs> chairs, knitting and talking about how you still blog, but maybe what you were doing in your thirties and twenties right. or something. Right. Like what, what, what would you say? Like what, what you'd be like, Oh man, we used to do this. Like what, what do you feel like you would say about yourself? I don't know if that's a totally simple question or a really complex question. We, 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 we we write about humanness, but but from the female perspective. And again, um, I think I, I we touched on this last time we spoke that I just we weren't allowed a voice for so long as women. We weren't allowed a voice for so 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 long. And and now there's this bevy of internet beauties who are saying, well, I'm going to tell my story and you can't silence me. And that makes somebody else say, well, I'm going to tell my story and it's kind of this rising tide lifts all boats, mm-hmm. um, empowering people to, to, to own their narrative. And I have a theory. Um, I like theories. I'll, okay, I'll go with this then. <laughs> I have this theory that um, people don't read me because they give a shit necessarily about Laura Jane Williams and who she fell in love with last week or the yoga or 
which destination she's traveling to next. Like people don't care about Laura Jane Williams. People care about reading those stories because they're looking for themselves. Hmm. Every time I watch a movie or listen to a piece of music or read a book, I'm looking for pieces of myself in other people's stories. So, and I'm always so thankful when people offer up their narratives so that I can do that. Um, I think me, Emma, and Jamie are, are, are telling our, our stories so people can find pieces of themselves. We're doing it in different ways, but ultimately that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when I think about that too, it's really interesting that, you know, you're not, people aren't relating to you because you're, uh, you're like them. People are relating to you because you're you're digging down deep enough to find the place where we all can relate. Thank you. You know, because I think about that, right? It's not like it's not like you you just won the lottery and that you just happen to be similar to other people. Like it's not the case. In fact, if anything, you're different and quirky, and that's what people like. But I think about this. I think about this with songwriting too, because somebody told me once, and this kind of made sense, that there are really like three like main elements if you go down deep enough and I and I'm pretty sure that they were it was truth beauty and love and that if you go to like let's take just take any song uh-huh. that that is that is amazing that really resonates and has stood the test of time right they're 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 speaking to something that is deeper than the specifics of the story so like yes. you know on the surface level and I look at it as like kind of like a Wi-Fi signal. So I'm looking at the Wi-Fi signal on my computer right now. And on the, on that top level is like the details of a story. Like I went and had a boyfriend, he was 18 years old. And then mm-hmm. a level below that is like maybe the the feelings about that story. And the level below that, and then you, what you get down to at that bottom is a place where like everybody everybody meets there. Everybody meets at that, that bottom place right, of like right. wow look at look at the human experience like yeah. this is all beautiful or look at look at the essential truth that i've discovered through living my life mm-hmm. or you know look at the power of love or you know and so that's mm-hmm. i think it's really cool that that that's the reason memoirs can be so life-changing and can be so transformational mm-hmm. it can be so popular it can be so everything is 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 not is because when we are great at telling stories and we're great at at um getting to the bottom of our experience we we resonate with everybody else too mm-hmm. yeah you know we yeah i i agree with that that reminds me of the the famous i think it's a mayor angelo angelo quote where she says you don't remember what people said but you remember how they made you feel yeah um and it's that same kind of yeah absolutely we all just want to know that we're not alone in this so the specifics almost are are irrelevant in mm-hmm. a lot of ways yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah that 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 i i you know why did so many people enjoy watching lena dunham in girls because there are four main characters and everybody was like oh are you a are you a shoshana or are you a jessa or are you, you know like mm-hmm. We all want to, we're, we're all looking for pieces of ourselves elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you're writing about you, you just have to be uh, kind of a schizophrenic and have different pieces of yourself people can relate to maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and this piece of myself over here. Yeah, but, but then, but then again, like exactly like I said about the Twitter thing, 
people pulling out like tweetables or sound bites, the kind of emotion, you know, I get a lot of um, email feedback from my stuff and um, readers can say stuff about my own emotional state that maybe like I hadn't even considered myself. It's startling when a stranger sees you more clearly than you see yourself. Mm-hmm. It, that reminds me, um, I just finished reading uh, Big Magic, the Elizabeth Gilbert's <gasps> new book. Of course. It's wonderful. Bes- you, did you read it yet? Uh, I'm, it's literally beside me as we are speaking. So um, she, she tells this amazing story, but it, 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 and it totally relates to what you said about what people take away from your work. Mm-hmm. And then she said that she was at a book signing and somebody approached her mm-hmm. and said, and said mm-hmm. oh, you know, it, I, I just want you, I want to thank you so much for the inspiration from your book. I think it was Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, and, it was. And she said, and this woman said, you know, when you, uh, when you left your husband and put that restraining on or order on him, it gave me the courage to like leave my bad situation. And then Elizabeth Gilbert goes, to, <laughs> goes on to say, like, like, I never did that. Like that yeah. actually literally never happened. Yeah. And, and I didn't write about it. And it's so far from the truth that I left with like anger and violence. And yet that's what this woman needed to hear for yeah. herself. And so she heard it. And so that's yeah. what she would have tweeted. Right. And, and so it is fascinating that not only are people going to interpret what we say, but they literally might actually just make up a whole new story because yeah. it serves them. And we have to be OK with that, really. Yeah. And and I suppose that feeds back into like this collaborative writing and collaborative publishing that when your story is out of your hands, you know, like people are free to do that if they want to do that. If they want to totally invent some plot that never even happened, like fine, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. That's the readers to, to do with what, what they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really made me laugh in the book. It's a great, it's a great book. Oh, I love it um, so much. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was reading a classic. Like I kept thinking to myself, you know, there are so many great books on writing. This is just as good or better than anything I've I've read so far. And yet it just seems she's so down to earth and so, it's so personable that it, it yeah. doesn't feel like this. It's hard to put it in this category of like, this is the monumental book on writing because it's so personable. And and it's so humble and I, and, and I think that's what makes it so good, but it, it's, it was a really funny experience. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm doing an audible on the audiobook, and uh, I think I'm like ah. half an hour left on it. So it's uh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's like 250 pages of, Hey dummy, stop being so afraid of yourself. What, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And um, yeah, I need that. I think so many people need that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Highly recommended. Yeah, it's funny. I'm seeing it like across Twitter and Instagram. You know, people are artfully arranging it on their coffee table beside their cappuccino. Like, it's just everywhere. It's definitely one of those books that, um, yeah, it's it's big before it's even, you know, it's been released, what, a week? Yeah, well, and she did. I don't know if you've seen her podcast, too. Her podcast is really incredible. I, I loved it. It's she basically goes out to her fans and has a kind of a coaching conversation about with them for like 10, 15 minutes. And then we'll Amazing. bring in like we'll bring in like special guests like she had, you know, these pe- authors that she knows kind of weigh in on their advice. And she would just like love people for like 15 minutes and help them. Yeah. And and she's. It's just amazing. I I was I was blown away. 
Um, I I know that she's really hard to get a hold of. I'm kind of doing what I can to see if I can get her on the podcast, but you know, yeah. Um, that's yeah. Like she's she's just one of those people that like it just hits it like all cylinders. So yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, but and um, do you know the thing with Elizabeth Gilbert that I that I find most um, uh, the thing that I bear in mind with her more than any other kind of creative is that I see her as a human being before I see her as a writer and that is very much something that I am trying to pursue for myself I don't want to get bogged down in but I'm a creative but I'm a writer but I'm a this but I'm a that I I if I am living well I am writing well and mm -hmm. she's one of my biggest inspirations for that like you have to have a life and you have to engage with that life and that's what's going to give you the material to to write about you know you can't be precious about making things you just have to do it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's really what you went through with when you went to india and spent some time living and then back to writing and and, and mm -hmm. exactly really yeah 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 i'm a little quiet on social media right now just you know i'm back in derbyshire and wrangling deals with publishers and my mum's going into surgery and it's like hey I'm just I'm gonna live for a bit and probably I think it was Nora Ephron that said everything is copy and everything is copy but live the moment and then write about it mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think. so I want to modify the question I ask people on the show for you oh and, um, I'm curious since you since you already answered it once although you can answer it again um, if you go back to uh, to March when we spoke last and we interviewed yeah. and you could slip yourself a note and give yourself some advice. <laughs> um, what would you say? Take the afternoon off. That's yeah. what I'd say. I you, um, you were going hard then. I was going <laughs> so, so hard. You're the hardest person in Bali. I mean, that was like, <laughs> you were going hard in a place where not many people were going hard, you know? <laughs> right, right. Ever, you go to Bali for balance, right? And there I was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say take the afternoon off. But but then it all worked out as it, as it should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've worked very, very, very hard to get to this point where I'm where I'm at, mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, learning to active, you know, active rest. Rest doesn't have to be lazy. Rest isn't, you know, drinking six beers in front of an orange is the new black marathon on Netflix. Active rest is taking the walk because it feeds your creativity more. It's you know taking the extra yoga class because you you know. You're not going to lose anything from not writing for the hour. You probably gain something by hitting the yoga mat or going to the bar or mm -hmm. going for a long walk. You know, that's what I would tell myself is take the afternoon off. I love that. I love that distinction between uh, inspiring rest, let's say, and and rest that's like escaping or, you know, it's like we can we can take active rest. I love that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's um, that's actually been a relatively new. Actually, probably when I came came back to visit my family in June before I went off to Italy and Istanbul for the summer, um, and I was able to enjoy those places a lot more because I was indulging in active rest. Um, it's been one of the lessons of my summer. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you enjoyed that, you absolutely must make sure you've also listened to episode 41 with Emma Gannon and episode 42 with Jamie Varon. 
who referenced them both in this podcast. And they're both wonderful women who are doing um, very similar things to Lara in the world, helping people uh, find their voice, and especially women. They're doing an awesome job. Make sure you check out our sponsor, the podcast right now, W-R-I-T Now with Sarah Werner. You can find links for that and everything that we talked about in this podcast in the show notes, which is at darkenthepage.com slash 045. And I also really, really want to encourage you to go check out Laura's new book. It's called The Book of Brave. You can find a link to it in the show notes, or you can go to Laura's website, which is superlativelyrude.com, which is where you can find all her blogs. You can find everything there. Hit her up on Twitter. She's wonderful. And uh, thank you, Laura, for coming back on the show. Uh, and congratulations for being our first repeat guest. If you have any feedback for me or you just want to send me a message, you can reach me at darkenthepage at gmail.com. And until next week, go make great art.